On today's episode of the PDX Pet Connection podcast, I have Karen Krauss of the Feral Cat Coalition. Stay tuned to hear about how they are improving the welfare and decreasing population of feral cats through their spay and neuter program. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection podcast. If you are a Portland pet parent, then you have come to the right place. This podcast connects you to Portland-based pet businesses, services, and nonprofits. You get to hear their story and what they're doing in the Portland pet community. If you love this podcast and want to connect to other pet parents in the Portland area, head on over to our Facebook group and join in on the fun. And now, your host, dog photographer, donut connoisseur, whiskey lover, and Sherlock fan, Kim Hoshel. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection podcast. On today's episode, I have Karen Krauss of Feral Cat Coalition. Hi, Karen. How are you doing today? Hello. I'm fine. Thanks so much for including our program in your great podcast. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited to have you on. So tell us a little bit about what is the Feral Cat Coalition. Um, So the Feral Cat Coalition of Oregon is a spay-neuter program for feral and stray cats. And feral means untamed, and stray is a, most likely, once a pet cat who has strayed from home and gotten lost. So we specialize in those cats that are free roaming in our community and no longer have a home. And we are a bay-neuter program for the people who are putting that bowl of food out, want to do the right thing, they see a kitty in need. But I like to say that feeding cats isn't like feeding the birds, right? It's not a wild animal that you just kind of feed them and you did your part. Right. Um, if you're going to feed kitties who show up, you have to make sure they're spayed or neutered so that that one cat stays one cat mm-hmm. because quickly multiply. And our goal is to see fewer free roaming cats. Right. For sure. So now how are you getting the cats to your facility? Um, so as a, um, we're a high volume spay neuter clinic and, and we work with people in the community who are feeding cats. So they're going to call us, they're going to, you know, we walk them through making sure that these aren't pet cats because the Mm -hmm. services we provide are not established for pet cats. They are for these free roaming unowned kitties. And so, um, we need the cats to come in a live trap and we have live traps and we have instructions and videos and guidance on how to catch all the cats that people are feeding. And we understand that it can be really scary to think, well, I'm feeding this cat and I'm finally creating a bond. And you're telling me I need to trap this cat to bring him into you. And I don't want to scare him or her. Right. Completely understand that. But what happens in the, and the reason that it's important to use a live trap, which is basically a metal cage with a trip plate in it Mm -hmm. and the cat will enter it trip that plate and a door will close behind the cat securing the cat it doesn't hurt the cat and what happens is that if you're worried that the um, trapping the cat might harm that fragile bond you're creating right is a lot of people often think well if i i I can i can probably grab the cat and get him in a carrier right (laughs) which which is gonna Which what happens then is that you 
are now unpredictable mm -hmm. to Kitty. You can't be trusted because I didn't know you're going to try to shove me in a box, right? right. <laughs> I didn't understand that that's what was coming is running through the cat's head. But if you use that live trap, the trap caught the cat. It doesn't injure your bond. It doesn't harm that bond. And in fact, it's safer for you. You're not going to get bitten or scratched. It's safer for the cat because the cat is not stressed. And then when it comes into our clinic, it's far better because now the cat, we actually uh, use an anesthesia that we can inject right um, intermuscularly. So oh. we don't have to handle the cat. So that reduces all the stress for the kitty from having to get handled in here, reduces stress for staff to have to transfer the cat into some other type of carrier. Mm -hmm. And um, the trap is, is the right size for the cat to recover in. And if they urinate or defecate, it will leave that trap versus a carrier, it pools in the bottom. Right. So there's a lot of reasons why that live trap is a good way to go. So we have them on hand. And when you make your appointment, you can, you'll make, we'll get you an appointment to pick up the trap or traps. If you're feeding a number of cats, we can get you those traps. It's a donation. I'm sorry. The traps do not have a fee attached. We mm -hmm. do take a deposit so that we get those traps back. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so it really, it's a way to empower people in the community to help catch the kitties that they're feeding. It's a really good way because we don't have a group of trappers or anything like that. Like some right. cities, if anybody's listening and you live in another city or <laughs> just moved here and you're like, hey, there's all these trappers where I live and this is how it works. Here, we're really sustainable by teaching the community how to trap the cats they're feeding because the cats are used to you. Mm -hmm. They're going to come out and eat. You know, we, you put them on a feeding schedule. The traps are there. The, the cats are, are used to you. It's less stressful than a stranger coming in. They're going to smell the stranger. They're going to sense the energy of the stranger. And in addition to that, the, the, the trapper, a stranger, wouldn't necessarily know which kitties you're feeding. I mean, you could be like, yep, those are the five. But what if a neighbor's cat is there? Or, or what if a newcomer has shown up? Or you just want to make sure that you're that you're getting the right cats. And again, it's sustainable when the community learns how to trap their own cats, which mm -hmm. we're doing in Portland and it's amazing and it works. Now we've got more people that can help neighbors as well in the future. So it's it's a great way to um, get everybody engaged in this community issue. Yeah, and I can imagine a, fer you know, a feral cat and even a stray cat would be super stressed you know, without that trust there to, to show up. If a trapper just came and grab them or shoved them in a trap. It's like, that'd be even more stressful for them versus someone they trust picking them up in the trap and carrying them in. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the trapper thing sounds like a good, the, the, the foreign trapper sounds like a good thing. So how much, how much does the service cost? Our spay neuter program is provided to the community for a donation. We have a suggested donation of $50 per cat. That will include the spay or neuter, rabies vaccine, distemper vaccine, flea treatment. If we see other parasites, we'll treat for them. Um, it is intended to be a community service. So that's not really our cost. That's the cost for the supplies that are touching the cat that day. Mm -hmm. And we know that the people that are feeding feral and stray cats didn't ask for that responsibility. So if you're listening right now, we see you, we hear you, we're super grateful you're looking out for the cats. And we get that maybe you started feeding a cat and you 
didn't get them spayed or neutered. And now you've got more than one cat, right? You have a, you've had a litter, <laughs> or maybe a couple of litters. Um, it can happen. It can happen quickly. Ideally, we hear from people when a cat shows up and they've been feeding that cat for a few weeks before there's kittens, but we get it. And so we also understand that that $50 might be out of your reach. So we will accept whatever can be donated to us. Um, It truly is a community service. If you're listening to this and you've never seen a feral cat, but you love cats or you really believe in spay-neuter, you're the ones that allow us to provide this to the community. And last year we helped over 7,000 cats. Wow. All for a donation. And so it takes everybody. It takes the people who are looking after the cats to the folks who maybe have never even seen a feral cat, but really believe in spay-neuter. To, to come together and create this wonderful community service. Yeah, that's amazing that you help that many cats. So now, once the cat gets spayed or neutered, I, I noticed I was reading on your website about um, the ear tipping. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so every cat that comes through that's a free-roaming cat gets um, an ear tip on the right ear. What that really is, is it's removing the tip like a quarter or eighth of an inch off that cat's ear. I can hear a few people taking a deep breath on that. (laughs) Understand that that can be a barrier for folks or that can be a deep concern for many people. And for others, they understand the value of it. I will tell you, it's an international sign of a spayed or neutered free roaming cat. Yes, it is removing that little piece of their ear, but it is under anesthesia by medical professionals, and you are bringing the cat in for a spay or neuter surgery, which is also um, removing right. uh, some <laughs> organs. So it's um, it's understandable, I think, in the world where people might um, connect that to maybe docking of tails or um, cropping of dog ears, things like that. I, I think there's a similar to traps being a little bit nerve wracking for some folks. I think that ear tip can really um, frighten folks. And we really want you to know that the benefit to the cat, that's why it's an international symbol of a mm-hmm. spade cat, is that you will reduce future stress for that animal. Because without that ear tip, no one's going to know that cat is spayed or neutered. And that cat can get trapped. You know, you might be feeding the cat in your yard, but other neighbors might be as well. They trap that cat. It would come back into a program like ourselves and then have to go through, first of all, the stress of that, Mm -hmm. the stress of more anesthesia, the stress of potentially surgery to go look and see if the cat's been spayed or neutered in advance. Um, All of that is removed with that ear tip. All of that so that you can look across and 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 see the cats you're feeding and you can see an ear tip or you're a neighbor and you look outside and there's a cat with an ear tip, you know, you don't have to go through this process. Right. That kid is not going to have kittens. It's not going to father kittens. So um, it absolutely is a benefit to a free roaming cat. And what we often hear as well is someone will be feeding a black cat and they'll trap the cat and bring the cat to our clinic. And while the cat's here, they'll call us and say, you know what, they're, I guess I'm feeding two black cats. No. Back here who doesn't have an ear tip. And so we help them get that next cat, right? And now he's got, he or she has two cats that have their ear tip and he's feeding them. And guess what? There's a third or a fourth and they're all black cats. So 
it's it's a, a way to make sure you're getting all the cats you're feeding spayed or neutered. Because again, the whole idea is to reduce the number of free roaming cats. Mm-hmm. Cats are domesticated animals. Domestication means we humans will look after you. Right. That's the essence of it. And a feral cat living on their own outside is that broken promise that we're not there to look after you. Mm-hmm. So the caregivers who start putting out food and caring for them, yes, thank you. That ear tip is what's going to make sure that that kitty doesn't ever have to experience this again. Yep. Yeah, for sure. To not add any more stress to their lives. So now when the cats come in, do they ever go up for adoption? Like, is that ever an option or how does that happen? Our program is high volume spay neuter. We do not relocate cats, foster cats, adopt cats. However, we have partners with Oregon Humane Society, with Cat Adoption Team. Both of them are wonderful places to adopt a kitty. And um, people in the community that are feeding feral or stray cats, and there is a litter of kittens that they need help finding a home for. The kittens have to be tame. You can't take feral kittens. Feral kittens are not adoptable in any of these programs. But um, if you've been able to handle the kittens and, and make them friendly, or they are friendly, then you can relinquish them to us when you make your appointment um, and we'll transfer them to one of our partners to find a home. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. So um, do you ever offer services to anyone is who, where it's not a stray or a feral cat? We currently do not. We did before COVID. So anybody who knows of our program and knows in the past we did pet cats, um, we are not in a position to be doing pet cats right now. We hope to again in the future, um, but the need for the free roaming feral and stray cats is so strong, and we know that no one else can provide the services that we do for a donation anywhere right. else in our region that we're filling all of our clinics with with the, these types of kitties. And we're able to help cats from, oh gosh, I think last year, 30 different counties. So oh, wow. in Oregon and Southwest Washington. If you can get to our clinic, our doors are open. We don't have a restriction on area. So we just really, we want to be that service for the cats who don't have another alternative. Mm-hmm. So now um, if someone has feral cats in their area or maybe strays, um, how do they become a caregiver? And do you have any advice for what they should and shouldn't do? Oh man, I like you asking that. Um I don't think anybody ever really asked to be a feral cat caregiver. I think it's the cats show up and people have a heart, they care, or they know that maybe a a new cat has shown up and they're concerned, so they start feeding the cat. Um, Everybody feeding outdoor cats, um, we encourage to not free feed. Do not put out a bowl of food and leave your food bowl out till it's empty. That will attract other insects, other mammals, other wildlife. You don't want to acclimate wildlife to cat food. It's not good anywhere along the line. Right. The other reason it's important to put the cats on, um, to feed the cats on a schedule. So instead of free feeding, what I, what we suggest is put the cats on a feeding schedule, feed them at the same time. If you want to feed them once a day or twice a day, just put them on a schedule and feed them in that schedule. They're creatures of habit and they will learn your schedule and they will come when the food is there. What makes that important is that you're going to know who you're feeding, right? You're mm-hmm. going to know if new cats show up. You're right. going to know if the cats you've been feeding aren't showing up. You're going to know if anybody doesn't look well or is sick. Um, 
it it helps you really stay in touch with the cats. In addition to that, you're not acclimating wildlife to that cat food and drawing in undesirable critters and neighbors don't like it. It's cleaner. It's just all around better. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be attracting coyotes that will may eat your cats. Right, coyotes, raccoons, possums. I know a lot of people think it's kind of cute to feed wildlife. In the long run, it's not a favor for wildlife. It, no. it really doesn't do them a favor. It's, it's better not to. Mm-hmm. For sure. So um, what other services do you offer? I noticed there was like some educational um, things on your website as well. So our mission is uh, to reduce the number of, of feral and stray cats through spay-neuter programs and education. And our biggest education effort is what's known as Cats Safe at Home. It's a partnership with our local county animal shelters, as well as Portland Audubon. And Cats Safe at Home is intended to help the the pets that have a home stay safe at home so that they don't get outside and then free roam and become stray, right? Part of that free roaming population. So the more cats that can stay safe at home, the fewer stray cats and future ferals. So um, the county shelters are the ones that tend to see the stray cats. That's why mm-hmm. we partnered with them. And Audubon has a wildlife care center that cares for birds and other wild you know, native wildlife who can be hurt and injured by cats. Mm-hmm. So the partnership really together is encouraging Portland to find creative ways to keep your cat safe at home, which could include walking your cat on a leash, which has become much, much more common. <laughs> Backpacks, cute backpacks, right? A lot of adventure cats out there going outside and spending time with your kitty Um, or building a catio, a cat enclosure. And um, we've hosted 10 years of catio tours in Portland. So if anybody's attended or is curious about it, cat patios, um, great way to go around and see what people are doing in their backyard to make some personal space to keep their cats safe. Yeah, they can interact with with the wildlife and, and be safe inside. Mm-hmm. It's real. They're really great. They're becoming really popular. We know of more than a thousand catios in Portland. Oh, wow. Shout out to Portland for loving cats and wildlife and being the catio capital. Oh, how funny. I didn't know that there were that many. And that's what we know. That's I'm, I'm sure there's more out there. So if you've got a catio and you haven't let us know, please check out catssafeathome.org. And we'll send you a cute decal if you're in the Portland metro area that shows that you keep your cats safe at home and you can help us record how many catios we have. Oh, awesome. So when did the organization actually get started and who who was the person that started it all? We're founded in 1995 by a group of veterinarians who are part of the Portland Veterinary Medical Association And they were looking to um, assist animals that were not getting care. And they identified feral cats as um, a segment of the animal population that was underserved. Mm -hmm. And in those days, uh, trap, neuter, return, which is um, trapping feral cats, spaying and neutering them and returning them to where they're being fed, was starting to be practiced in certain cities, but not in many. So we were kind of new to it uh, at the time. and so we, I guess we're one of the longer running programs in the country. Again, compliment to Portland for caring about animals. Right. 
Uh, yeah, and and one of our founding veterinarians um, moved away probably 20 years ago and recently has returned to the area. So we're very grateful. Oh, nice. Have Dr. Shelburne, our founding president, um, back in the metro area and back involved in the program. Oh, great. That's awesome. So how can the public help um, either raise money or volunteer? Like, what can the public do for you? You know, the easiest way to get involved is to spay and neuter your cat. I, in all my years of doing this, I've been involved in the program for 25 years. Spaying and neutering has gotten a lot tougher since COVID. Mm-hmm. We know that it's hard to get in. Many of the vets, you know, COVID has been a challenge for many of the vet clinics. Um, for a long time, some weren't even able to accept new patients. Um, social distancing and the rest has really kind of changed how there have been curbside check-in and, and other um, scheduling changes. Mm-hmm. So we understand it's not as easy maybe as it once was, but there are spay-neuter resources out there. Please check them out. Please call around. Um, If you need, you can go to our website as well and look up spay-neuter resources. But get your cat spayed or neutered for the sake of your cat um, and to keep your bond. You really, it's it's super important. It's the number one thing we can all do. Um, Next is if you do see a cat in your community and they look hungry, Talk to your neighbors, find out, is this their cat? Do they know the cat? Have they seen the cat? Mm -hmm. Maybe someone new has moved into the area. Maybe somebody has moved away. Right. Find out, find out and see. Oftentimes the cats are there uh, because somebody's feeding them. You know, they don't really hang around unless there's food. Right. (laughs) Talk to neighbors. I know that's sometimes not comfortable, but find out and and that way together, maybe you can even trap the cat and get the cat spayed or neutered through a program like us. Um, so those really stand out. And then if you find out nobody is feeding the cat, that nobody has seen the cat, maybe you could be that person. And then you have a resource like us to help you out. Um, but that really, those are the, the key ways in the community that people can can assist and then, of course, you can build a catio. We would love that. Or get an adventure cat. Let us know you're taking your kitty outside on adventures. And, of course, um, we're 100% supported by donations. So um, every donation matters. If it's $5, if it's got extra zeros on it, they all add up. And it's really the power of our community that's engaging in this really community-wide problem. Um, so as far as fundraisers, do you ever do a fundraiser or do you just accept just regular donations throughout the year? Our biggest fundraiser of the year is the Furball. And May 6th, we're celebrating our 25th Silver Jubilee Furball. Yay! Congrats! Big, thank you. It's a big silver celebration looking at how those 25 years have impacted our services and what we're what lies ahead, what we're working on and where we can go together. So if you like galas, it will be really special. And that is in May. So every May, typically we hold that big gala. Then we also do the catio tour, which is in September. Those okay. are our two big main events. Great. So is there anything else that you would like the public to know? 
I want to thank everybody for caring, for listening to this podcast to learn about all sorts of animals and specifically about feral and stray cats because they often fall into the shadows. And every one of those cats that's out there, lineage goes back to a pet cat. Mm-hmm. And and so many of us share our homes with cats that even if you haven't seen a feral or stray cat, um, I hope that you'll open your heart and and lend a hand, lend a paw um, <laughs> if you should be a cat in need, because that's how we can get those numbers down. They don't deserve to have to live out on our streets and they don't have to. And the right. more we can stay neuter, the more we can prevent it. So I just really, I just thank everybody for for lending an ear today and, and anytime. And, you know, looking at our website, following us on social media um, and caring and spreading the word. Oh, thank you. So um, now a little on a more personal side, how did you get involved with the organization? I started volunteering um, in my 20s for an animal, um, for Humane Society in a different state. And we would give tours to donors and there was a chalkboard back in the day and it would have adoptions and euthanasia and it was by category and there were dogs, cats, and feral cats. And so feral cats was the intake and the euthanasia matched. And I didn't know any different. And, you know, it's just kind of a number that we shared and it didn't sit well with me, but it, it didn't seem, you know, especially um, years ago. Um, the sheer volume of animals entering the shelters that needed homes, um, the untamed ones just aren't going to have the same opportunity to find a home. The shelter is right. not a good place for them. So I moved to Portland and I saw on the news this organization had started and they were spaying and neutering feral and stray cats. And I recognized just, I, I know where I was standing. I know the news <laughs> channel I was watching and I I said to my husband, I'm going to volunteer with that program. And I've been with FCCO ever since. And the, and the reason is they don't have to die. People mm-hmm. care about them. And to be able to provide a service um, just has inspired me. It inspired me then and it inspires me today. Oh, I love it. So do you have any cats? I have two cats and a dog. And I have a catio. Oh, I, you do? <laughs> I have two catios, actually. Um <laughs> Yes. And um, all of them are, um, all of my cats have been rescues. Um, and my dog has, I've had two dogs. This is my second, are rescues as well. So um, very much support and believe in, in helping the animals that are already here get good homes. I oh, love that. So um, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, no, I just want to send a thank you. Absolutely. And we're, we're thankful for everything you all do. And as always, we're going to share all the connections in the website notes. So that way you can make sure to uh, connect with them, especially if you have a feral cat in your life and be looking for those little ear tips to make sure that you don't bring in a cat unnecessarily and stress them out. So thank you, Karen, so much. It's been great talking to you and uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye.
If you love seeing cute photos of pets and connecting with other pet parents and businesses in Portland, let's continue the conversation in our Facebook group. I would love to hear about your pets, answer your questions, and get suggestions for what you want to hear on the podcast. I'll see you in the PDX Pet Connection Facebook group.